Dollars, I like diamonds, I like stunning, I like shining I like million dollar deals, where's my pen? Bitch, I'm signing I like those Balenciagas, the ones that look like socks I like going to the... Bienvenidos a Radio Menea I'm Miriam Suela Perez And I'm Vero Ayeti Flores And we're two Latinx friends with wildly different music tastes Each week we bring you music from the Latinx artists that we love And this week we're bringing you a very special episode uh, 100 Y'all, a hundred episodes? That's yeah. wild. Yeah, here we are at a hundred. <laughs> That's wild. But uh, the truth en verdad is, son más. we're like 149. <laughs> Pero, right, because we um, did all those meneitos, you know, those, those don't menitos. count. I know, do you remember all those meneitos? This is our hundredth full-length episode. Yeah, and it feels like a milestone. Yeah, It feels for like sure. a milestone. So basically this episode is themed after the 100 emoji because we're old millennials. <laughs> <laughs> an elderly millennial, please. Uh-huh. And is that what you prefer? Elderly? <laughs> That's a term that I use for myself. Yeah. I, I call myself an, an old or elder millennial. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, we're we're out here. Boo, it's going to be four years in March. That's amazing. So, you four know, years. we've given you four years worth of content. And a lot has happened in the last four years. So mm -hmm. for today's episode, we decided to sort of look back at some of our old episodes and bring back songs that either meant something to us or meant something about like, you know, like the shit that's happened over the last four years. It's been an interesting time politically. It's been an interesting time for Latinx music. It's been just interesting wild time. So we're, we're taking stock and looking back and, you know thinking about El Futuro. So mm -hmm. should we take a listen to what is playing right now? Yeah, tell us what it is, if you don't so already this know this is, y'all know this. Let's yeah. take a listen. This is I Like It by Cardi, Bad Bunny, and J Balvin. definitive moment in the current like quote-unquote latin boom situation mm -hmm. that we have going on right now like obviously you know some would put despacito here and despacito has its place but i feel like where despacito was sort of a fluke right and it like sort of got to where it was like on a surprise tip like this was cardi being super intentional and just hitting it out of the fucking park with this collab yeah yep yeah. yeah. and it was like an early i feel like it was an earlier like big name collab excitement moment. Like now there's been a lot of them, but I, I feel like this one was on the earlier side. Yeah, well, I mean, it was the first time that I think that Bad Bunny and J Balvin entered the American mainstream. And mm. well, I think that J Balvin had that collab with Beyonce and Mi Gente, but like, you right, know, like it true. really caught, right? Like the mm -hmm. mainstream when like Bad Bunny and J Balvin featured on Cardi B's album because Cardi B has had 
such a huge fucking glow up, which also we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. But I wanted to think about, you know, like really this idea of like the Latin boom, right? Like this has, you know, like when we started this podcast four years ago, we started because we didn't see or hear a lot about Latinx music other than like a couple of outlets talking about it. Right. Yeah. And in the last four years, like it's this whole phenomenon, right. Where like, you know, there's this like quote unquote Latin boom, which I think that just the idea of it is so limiting and is such a farce. Totally. Like, it just in so many ways, right? Like, it's pretty flattening, right? In the ways that, like, you know, Latinidad is varied and wild and, like, you know, it's hardly a thing at all, really. Like, you know, like, so, like, the idea of Latin music is a thin enough premise, which, to be fair, is, like, what we base our show around, right? Like, though we try to, like, dig in a few more directions than, like, the mainstream industry allows for. For sure, for sure. Um, But, you know, mostly it just, like, confines artists, right? And it has a lot to do with, like, U.S. hegemony, in my opinion, right? Like, the the fact that, like, the U.S. is just, like, not used to consuming culture that's not in English, right? And it just, like, has a really hard time accepting anything else except in, like, very small doses. Yeah. And it's, yeah, it's very exotifying to say that, that when these things are popular that it's, like, a fad, you know? It's, like, a moment versus, like, this is a... There's an arena. There's a world in which this is what people are listening to all of the time, you know. And right, just like, right. The positionality of that is like I am a white person in the United States who doesn't listen to this music except when something like hits so big that it becomes popular. You know, it's like a very yeah. particular um, vantage point. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. You know, I think that like just like the idea of like Latino music or like Latinidad just like entering mainstream quote unquote mainstream culture, I think ultimately is a trap, right? Like let's make our own shit with our own little subcultures within it. Let's like lift up all the things that are different about it. All the things that are whack about it, all the things that we need to talk about and get out of the way to like be better, you know? And like, it's hard to do all that work to like really build the kind of cultures that we want in a way that honors everybody in Latina communities when you're like vying for gringo visibility, you know, like it's a trap. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a trap. <laughs> yeah. And then you end up with a Macarena and you're just embarrassed, you know, <laughs> like it's just. Pena Hena. I, pena know. Hena. I know. Oh my God. The other day I was watching the, the video of like the DNC with like the Macarena being, that happened oh like at the, when the, the, you know, like 1995 Hillary okay. Clinton. And I was like Ooh. having flashbacks to like. Holy shit, this is when I showed up to the United States when this was happening. I was right. <laughs> like, no wonder I'm fucked up. Right. <laughs> this is what people thought of, like, Latinidad. <laughs> was like the Macarena. Yeah, man, that's just, that was just such a moment in time. But I do feel like the, I will give these artists some credit. I, I feel like a lot of the big names in, like, Latin pop and Urbano and Trap are not pandering, you know? Like, I feel like there's still a lot of people who are, like, they're they're doing crossover stuff, but they're also like still making music that's in Spanish and like Balvin has talked about this and I think Bunny too, like, you know, Oasis, like they're they're still like really committed to making hits in for their own community and like not just with like the gringo audience in mind. Do you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean I do I think it's very interesting. Both Bad Bunny and Jay Balvin who you know, like, are the artists on this track who didn't grow up in the continental U.S., they refuse to do shit in English straight up. Right. Like, well, this song, Bad Bunny, like, doesn't right. even want to do interviews in, in English. English. Yeah, yeah. Their but verses, this... I mean, this song, Cardi's verses are in English, but Baldwin right. and Bad Bunny's verses are in Spanish. They, like, refuse. Yeah. They won't do anything oh, in English. Got it. They don't have to. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. I really yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, you know... La reina on this is Cardi. Like, let's mm-hmm. talk about her fucking glow up, man. Yeah. Wow. Cardi, You know, man. I was trying to remember the episode, and I can't, but, like, way before Bodak Yellow, we talked on this show about how much we loved Cardi B. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, she was, like, a local, like, Latina Instagram celebrity, right? Yeah. Before her big glow up, right? Right. And I'm just so fucking happy for her. I just want to say she deserves... I, like, love, like, the ways that she just, like, completely sidesteps respectability. Yeah, totally. You know, she's like, totally. fuck y'all respectable boobs. Like, this is what I'm doing. This is what I've done. I'm not going to fucking hide it. Like, this, yeah. you know, like, what I've done and who I've been before this got me to where I am. So, like, fuck all of y'all if you have a different idea. Yeah. And I, I just think she's fucking amazing. I also think it's funny that she's, like, blowing all these, like elitist minds by like being political and it's like bitch if you didn't know that like 
strippers were political. Like, you've obviously not talked to any strippers when you weren't paying them. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. <laughs> and being political and, like, uh, and like unapologetically sexual, you know? Like, there's so many things about... People are such dummies. I feel her. like they're showing their entire asses when they're surprised that she's political. Yeah. It's like, you're a racist. You're like mm. a classist. Right. You're like, right. you know, all then, of these yeah. things. And then people being surprised that she's Latina and like the anti-blackness in that and like her really like repping, you know, it. all of it. Like that she can rap in Spanish and like, you know, people are like, what? It's like, yeah, she contains multitudes, y'all. I just, I just love her so much. I love her glow up. I think she totally fucking deserves it. I want her to take over the world. Yeah. It's pretty, it is pretty beautiful to think about how, like, when we started this, like, she was not a household name and now, like, she really is, you know? Yeah. She's just had this rise, like, this pretty phenomenal rise. I mean, all of these people, right? All of these Mm. people when we started this podcast, like... Ain't nobody know who any of these people were. Really. Right. I mean, Balvin was around. Balvin had yeah. like Ivan Balvin's Wallace. Been and, like, around. He was like, yeah. he was around. Like he's a little older. He's Bunny a little was older. Probably in high school. Bad Bunny was like still like bagging groceries. <laughs> yeah, you know, in right. Puerto Rico. It's true. And like tirando canciones in SoundCloud. Uh huh. And like, and and yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. And I, I just like, I really love to see like really all of their glow up. Balvin, I have to say, like. I, you know, y'all know that if you listen to this show, I have a sort of love-hate relationship with him. You do. Because, like, sometimes I think he's, like, a little bit corny, but then, like, you know, the other day he was talking about his mental health shit, so I was mm-hmm. like, wow, okay, I really appreciate you talking about this. This is, like, a hard topic for a lot of people, especially a lot of cis men. Yeah. So I was, like, really pleased to see him. I was like, maybe you're not corny. And then, like, he said some shit about, like, the protests in Colombia, the kid, like, me dio una rabia. I was like, he was just like, you know... No soy de derecha ni de izquierda. And it's like, ugh. Di que humano, yeah. di que soy humano. I was like, ay, no, no venga, no digas nada, coño. Like, calladito right. te vamos bonito. So now I'm mad at him again. Yeah, you know? that's like an all lives matter. He's a person, it turns out. Kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, it was a very all lives matter. Yeah. Ooh. Turns out he's a human being. And <laughs> <laughs> sometimes Although it it's seems fucked like... up shit and sometimes it's cool shit, you know? It seems like a homalo has yet to do something that's really crossed you, right? But I'm sure it's coming at some point. Because oh yeah, I people mean, are humans. He's also he's complicated, right? Like I love him, but it's like he's not been like. I don't. Know, I think that I think that sometimes people put him this like uh, bad bunny as like queering things or bad bunny right. is like being like yeah. I don't think that that's like him I think that's other people putting that shit on him and I think it's like so whack because there's actually queer artists out there that are doing cool shit so. Right miss me with it but um yeah but you know like bad bunny's always been like complicated he's always like you know rapped about tits and ass and bitches and shit and then also like been like you know talk about uh <laughs> violence against women you know like just like all of it so he's just like yeah. you know he's all just as complex as the rest but um, contain multiple i lo quiero mucho yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well i think this is a good song to start this episode with because it's the only like urbano sort of pop urbano track we have um it's it's trap it's latin trap we actually don't have any reggaeton on this on this particular episode because six songs is not going to like represent the entirety of what we've covered but i think this because it has you know bunny and and balvin who are reggaetoneros also like kind of shows the brings that um element into into focus and obviously it's been a huge part of like our listening and our taste and also what's happened in latino music over the last four years yep yep so because it's our 100 episode and we're kind of celebrating and looking back a little bit at Radio Manea, we're also really psyched, or I'm really psyched at least, to be um, launching a brand new um, Radio Manea membership. Yes, we're super, super excited. This show, as you probably know, has been a labor of love for like three and a half, almost four years now. Yeah. Yeah. and We're almost it, in know, pre-K, y'all. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And you all have like really been incredible and you've supported us when we've asked like on all of our birthday campaigns and our merch. Um, So we're really super fucking grateful for that. Um, But, you know, all of that has always gone to cover the costs of making this show. Right. And we've pretty much not earned anything. Right. Um, As payment for making this show. So to make it sustainable, you know, we each spend like, I want to say like one to two days a week on mm-hmm. this. 
um, we need some more like regular money coming in. So yeah, over the years, you know, we've talked about that we weren't ready to kind of, um, we were trying to figure out what the best way is to resource the show. We've tried different things like with our birthday campaigns and with, we've had some great, you know, small advertisers that have supported us, but we're finally ready to join the membership train, which is a way for you to be a regular sustaining member of Rather Than Am. And the reason we pick that is because it will mean that we can count on a certain amount of revenue every month that isn't dependent on advertisers, even though we love the folks who've chosen to advertise with our show. It's not been um, a sustainable amount of income. And it means if you choose to support us, you'll get ad-free episodes of Red Manea, along with bonus segments in each episode that are just for members. So it'll be a little bit more Radio Manea in your feed every week. We know that there's a ton of people asking for your support. There's a lot of podcasts, a lot of independent media with similar requests. But we just hope that you'll think about what having our show in your feed every week brings to your life and consider becoming a member. Um, because, you know, y'all have told us how much you love having queer Latinx music and culture, um, how this shows what it's meant to you. Um, so, you know... This is an opportunity to invest in keeping us going. Yeah, I mean, both of us are self-employed and we have our own other hustles that are what kind of supports us. So every time we take away time from those hustles to do this show, um, it's a challenging kind of equation. So this is an opportunity for you to help us make this show happen and to sort of um, thank us for what we've offered you all these years for free. So we're doing it like a sliding scale because we know that people have different um, amounts of money that they're able to contribute. Like some people make a lot of money, some people don't make a lot. So we're giving you an opportunity to choose at what level um, you're able to um, offer us support for the show. So, But every level will get the same perks, which is, like I said, that ad-free um, version of the show alongside bonus segments on some of the episodes that are just for members. So the levels are five, ten, or fifteen dollars per month, and you can go to the link in the show notes to go ahead and sign up. We totally get that everyone's budget is different, and we want you to give um, at the level that feels like comfortable for you. And as a special gift for everyone who joins in the first month of our new membership before January first in 2020, we're going to give you a discount code that will give you a free copy of a brand new poster that I designed. So cool, y'all. All right. It's so what do you cool. think about it, <laughs> It's so cool. I know Vero feels a little shy about her art, but it's amazing. Vero does all of our creative work. Um, she's like the creative brain of Riley Manea, all the visual branding, and she's really good, y'all. And this is a really fire poster. Well, you can check out a preview in the show notes. It's sort of a reference to, you know, when Bad Bunny came out with Solo de Mi, which was a video where, um, a song, it's a video where he sort of made a statement around violence against women. Shout out Colectivo Feminista in Puerto Rico for making it impossible for people to go on without commenting on violence against women. That's feminist organizing for you. But mm -hmm. he made this video um, and said when he put it out, Menos Violencia, Mas Perreo, which I just loved so much. So this says Menos Violencia, Mas Perreo, and it's inspired by like some 80s salsa posters that mm. were um, up on a show uh, recently in here in New York. And uh, so we like took as inspiration some of that. So some of you with keen eyes who like either went to the show or read Isabel Herrera's write up in the New York Times will see um, the reference. The poster is going to be in our tienda for $18, but if you are part of the membership program, you are going to get a code so that you'll just have to pay for the shipping of it as a yeah. thank you for becoming a member in our first yeah. month. Exactly. And the posters are in production now, so they'll be mailing out kind of at the beginning of the year sometime. Um, but you can go ahead and use that code that you'll get via email when you sign up to be a member. Yeah. And I mean, if you can't be a member, we always, you know, thank you so much for supporting us mm -hmm. by listening, by telling your friends, by tweeting us out, by like mm -hmm. every time that there's like somebody asking like, what's your favorite podcast? Y'all tagging us. Like it really means a lot. Um, you know, our merch is still available. We are, you know, besides the poster, thinking about like new merch plans. So that's mm -hmm. always a really lovely way to support us. So keep keep track of all that stuff. And thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Y'all are the best. Yeah. Thanks for considering joining us in making this show sustainable. We really, really love and appreciate all of your support. And we're excited to see where we can grow in the years to come. 
Tell us about the next song that we've got going on, Perez. Yeah, so this is my pick for this 100 episode, and it's a real throwback because it's from our pilot, um, and it's still, all these years later, is still a fave, and this is A Puro Dolor by Son by Four. Perdona si te estoy llamando en este momento Pero me hacía falta escuchar de nuevo Aunque sea un instante tu respiración, tu respiración. Disculpa, sé que estoy violando nuestro juramento Sé que estás con alguien que no es el momento Pero hay algo urgente que decirte hoy Estoy muriendo, muriendo por verte So we often talk about like the Latin Grammys as like this origin story because I was texting with Beto about like how we get an invite to the Latin Grammys, but I actually kind of think about this song a little bit as the origin story because um, I like rediscovered it, I think like maybe six months before or like in the year before we launched Radio Manea and I had so much fun like reminding other like Latinx folks about this song because so many people I knew like remembered it from growing up, but like wouldn't have been able to name it or pull it out. But then they heard it and they were like, oh my God, this song, like what? Because it was such a big hit in like the mid nineties. Um, and so many of us were like teenagers at the time and, and listening, you know, hearing this music on the radio or hearing our parents listen to it or whatever it was. So there's something about like that, the feeling I have, like the joy that I get in like, like sharing that with someone else who's also like Latinx, maybe they're an immigrant or the child of immigrants and has that sort of like nostalgic relationship with certain music from their childhood. Like, so the joy that I get in sharing that and like helping someone else experience that, I feel like is a lot of what um, I love about Radio Manea and like why I want to do this show is like having, getting to share that sort of like nostalgic cultural connection. And so this song was like the first song that I really experienced that with. Um, and, and have gotten to continue to do that, you know, by bringing back throwbacks and songs from my childhood through Riley Minnow over the years. Nice. Yeah, I, this, I, you know, this song also, I think I had a similar experience of it, right? Like, I feel like I was in Venezuela the summer that it was out, and I was like, you know, I remember both the salsa version and the ballad version, and like, all that shit. So it's like, every time, like, holy shit, this one. <laughs> you yeah, know? this song. It's just like, it was such a big, it was such a big, like, hit, and like, just everywhere at the time. Mm-hmm. But for some reason, it's like you don't remember it until you remember it. Yeah, <laughs> I think because they like became a Christian rock band or something and like kind of disappeared. No, they didn't. Yeah. Not a Christian rock band. <laughs> I don't know about Christian rock, but they definitely like put out like a really Jesusy album <laughs> that I remember finding when I was researching Yikes. this. So, you know, maybe because they haven't they haven't stayed doing their thing. Um, but yeah, so I wanted to bring this song because it's from our pilot and because. Um, because that's something I love and like something I love about music is that it does bring me back to certain moments of my childhood and like um, represents this like nostalgic cultural connection that I think is very specific to folks who grew up like away in the diaspora you know away from like their cultural home so whether that's like a diaspora within the United States or a diaspora like crossing borders um, that I think music represents this like bridge that that can really connect you emotionally and that's like a really big piece of what why I love music and what Riley Minea like allows me to like explore and express um, in this show Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah, for sure mad bonus points if you are an early days listener and you remember when the pilot came out oh my god se acuerdan we love you (laughs) you are OGs you have spent so many hours listening to us talk I really appreciate you (laughs) you probably know (laughs) A lot about us. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how many of y'all have been there from the beginning. Probably at this point, estamos insoportables. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean maybe, <laughs> right? We might, you might be bored of us, but if, but you're listening, so you're still here, and hopefully you're you're probably gonna become a member because we've been giving you oh, something to listen to for all these years. <laughs> 
All right, what's next for you? The next one that I have is by Anna Tijou. It's from our protest episode, and this song is called Somos Tour. Tú nos dices que debemos sentarnos, pero las ideas solo pueden levantarnos, caminar, recorrer, no rendirse ni retroceder, ver, aprender como esponja absorbe. Nadie sobre todos, faltan todos, suman todos para todos, todo para nosotros. Soñamos en grande que se caiga el imperio, lo gritamos algo, no queda más remedio. Esto no es utopía, es alegre rebeldía del baile de los que sobran de la danza de mi amiga. Levantarnos para decir llevar. Caña América Latina se suba Un barro con casco con lápiz a patear el fiasco Provocar un social terremoto en este charco This is from our protest episode, and I think one reason I wanted to bring this song is that in the time that we've been recording this podcast, and particularly this year, we've seen a bunch of uprisings across Latin America in which music has been a huge, yeah. huge part of it. Like, music has yeah. played a huge role. Um, and, you know, we also haven't talked about what's happening in Chile right mm -hmm. now, and, yeah. you know, ya es hora. You know, we've, like, mm -hmm. had all these other episodes, and it just hasn't come up, even though, like, both of us have been sort of like keeping track and looking and you know um it's it's been music you know if you've been paying attention to this show and paying attention to some of the chilean artists that we've been bringing over the years um you know you won't be surprised to see that music has been a huge part of the uprisings in chile and you know like folks like ana you know like who's been a long time like you know very political um very political artists um and also you know folks like Alex Anduanter and Javier Amena, you know, they've all been political and been doing amazing shit. And, you know, they've been part, like their music has been part of what this has really taken shape as, right? And yeah. at the height of the protests, even like Tomasa del Real was posting political shit. And I say yeah. even Tomasa del Real, because if you remember our interview with her, which happened over the summer before any of this popped off, Um, she was really hesitant to be a participant in political conversations, right? Like, I asked her about the stuff that was happening in Puerto Rico, and she thought it yeah. was dope, but she also was, like, you know, she's, like, hesitant to speak about something that, like, she's, you know, she's, like, I'm an artist, and I don't know if that's my place, but, like, I think that once that shit hits your home turf, you know, la gente sufriendo, pero también avanzándose, man, it's, like, hard not to be inspired by that shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's incredible. It's incredible to see you just in a few months that she's really taking a different approach. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, like, I think that, like, one of the things that I thought was really cool is that she was posting, she was reposting all these signs that said, menos neoliberalismo, más neoperreo, <laughs> which I thought was just, like, actually so brilliant, as also both, like, neoliberalism and neoperreo started in Chile. It's so incredible to, like, frame it that way. And right. she's just like, yes, perreo, like, más neoperreo, get rid of neoliberalism. It's going to work out. Yeah. But yeah, there's been, you know, like in the time we've been around and like just like in the last like really few months, there's been, you know, like all these incredible uprisings in Latin America. Like we're talking about, you know, like in Puerto Rico and Chile, like in Colombia right now. Um, and I think that like one of the things that's really been interesting to see and to keep track of is the emergence of, of perreo as a tool of protest in some of these movements. You know, obviously like there's a perreo combativo in Puerto Rico and that was like one of the most like pointed uses of it because of, you know, the role of reggaeton and perreo in Puerto Rico. But like the poster on like menos neoliberalismo, más neoperreo. And, you know, like I saw some like stuff around perreo in the posters for Colombia too. Um, I just think that um, it's very interesting and 
uh, shows how much these movements really are driven by young people, you know? Y los jóvenes están puestos para el perreo, so mm-hmm. you, gotta, you gotta give it to Latin American young people for bringing this shit. Yeah, and I mean, it, and it's also like, um, goes back to what we talked about historically in um, the episode about um, La Nueva Canción, right? That like, it's not new for music to be central to fueling political change and political movements. And like, it's just a different type of music now. So in that yeah, time, it was like yeah. more like folk music and like based in a different tradition. Obviously, there's lots of influences, but yeah, La Nueva Canción, Nueva Trova and Cuba, like different things. So this is sort of like the modern day version of that, you know? It's pretty yeah, amazing. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I think that we I've talked about this a bunch of times, both on here and, you know, in my political work. I think that cultural work is really central to the, you know, the project of political liberation. So, um, so I, it's really cool to see the ways that these things emerge. You know, and like one last thing that I will say about Chile and protest music is, have you heard the song by La Colectiva Las Tesis that they did the whole dance, El Violador Eres Tú? I assume mm-hmm. you've heard of this bit. Yeah, I feel like it's also been almost like memefied, right? Like people have been yeah, quoting the lyrics yes. everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. mean, there's like a memeified like remix sort of version of that that put it to the beat of Pitbull's culo. And I have to say, it is actually so wow. good. Wow, wow. Yeah, it's but amazing like, what... is my tip. <laughs> it's amazing what can come out of these moments. Um, you know what it's making me think of is that I remember when we were... We knew we wanted to start Red Manea, but we hadn't really figured out exactly what we were going to do. And we were in my living room. Do you remember this, Veto? And we had, like, butcher paper on the wall, which is, like, my favorite way to, like, plan things and be creative. Organizers we were, at the end. Yeah, exactly. And we were debating about whether we wanted to make a show about politics. And we were, like... We were both kind of like, no, we don't want to make a show about politics. We don't want to do a show about feminism. Like, we really want to make this about music because music is this, like, source of joy and whatever. And then I think it's really interesting because over the years I think that we've been doing this show it's just become more and more clear how political music is and how you can't actually separate the two and then it's not like we didn't understand that then but I don't know I think these shifts and like what you're pointing to and the ways in which the political climate has changed has just made it even more clear that you that a, a show about music is a show about politics you know that the, the two things yeah. are not separable and um and centering music, I think, gives us an entry point into it that feels more like about joy and resilience and and whatnot than just centering politics. But um, but that this is a political show, like one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Come a long way <laughs> yeah. since those butcher paper days. <laughs> so we're gonna take a little break um, to talk about the sponsor for today's episode. So if you haven't heard yet, we've been waiting for a while for. Osuna's new album and it's finally here. Osuna's album Nibiru came out last Friday, November 29th, and you should check it out. Hopefully you got you heard about it last week, so you spent some time, you took a little break from the family to listen to um uh one of our faves, Osuna, on his new album. But if you are one of the few people on the planet who has not heard about Osuna, he is a multi-platinum Puerto Rican singer-songwriter. Um, the single that's behind our voices right now is his big hit, Hasta Que Salga El Sol, that had 47 million views on YouTube. So it's been everywhere. Um, and he is, you know, you've heard about him on our show before. Um, he's a really, really big name in Urbano. Yeah, he's the king of YouTube. He's so many views. You all should check it out. Nibiru, it's out now. Nibiru has a lot of tracks for you to dive into. It's a nice long album, and it includes a bunch of collabs that are kind of fun, including P. Diddy and Snoop Dogg. Not expecting those two. Not expecting those two. And some collabs you would expect, like Sech and Anuel AA. Go check out the link in the show notes to listen to the album on whatever streaming service you prefer. All right. Back to regularly scheduled program. Okay. So I'm up with my next pick. This one is from episode 33 um, and it's called Asa la Raiz and it's by Natalia Laforcade. cruzando ríos, andando selvas, amando el sol Cada día sigo sacando espinas de lo profundo del corazón En la noche sigo encendiendo sueños para limpiar con el humo sagrado cada recuerdo 
arena blanca con fondo azul Cuando mire cielo en la forma cruel de una nube gris aparezcas tú Una tarde subo una alta loma Mira el pasado, sabrás que no te he olvidado Yo te llevo dentro hasta la raíz Y por más que crezca vas a estar aquí Aunque yo me oculte tras la montaña Yo encuentro un campo lleno de caña No habrá manera mi rayo de luna que tú te Loving this song and this artist. She's become a fave of mine, um, for sure. I was like debating between bringing this song and bringing her cumbia collab with um, Los Angeles Azules, Nunca es Suficiente, mm. which is so, so good. Um, but I landed on this one because it is, um, I've talked about this before, but I really feel like there's like a before and after with my music taste um, and that kind of like sort of mimics college time. like first couple of years of college versus after, which is when I started to get much more into Latin music via like spending time in Ecuador and, and also like the come up of reggaeton in 2005. But before that, I listened to a lot of like, kind of like white lesbian music, I would say, although I was like barely out at the time, but it was like, it was coming. It was like foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Basically like a lot of white women with guitars and singing, singer, songwriter, white women, not all of them who are queer, but some of them like people like Dar Williams or like, um, the Be Good Tanya's, or I just went into like a, a nostalgia hole about the music I listened to in college the other day when I was driving and listened to a bunch of stuff and it was funny. But anyway, so I feel like this kind of music, which is like soulful woman, singer, songwriter, often with like a guitar as a central element, harkens back to kind of that, what I liked about that music, but then brings it together with like a Latinx context by being, you know, Latinx artists and mostly in Spanish. So that's why I wanted to bring this song on top of the fact that this song I think is pretty widely recognized as like one of the big hits of the last few years and was even named the number one song of like the, how do you even say that decade? The 2010s? The teens. The teens? <laughs> I guess it's the teens. Yeah, it's the it's teens, the man. the last decade. <laughs> it's the teens. But yeah, it was named the number one song of the decade by Club Phonograma, which I was yeah. really surprised by. Did that surprise you, Vero? No, not really. Yeah, I mean, she's a big deal. Like, a lot of people... She's a big deal, yeah. yeah. She's very talented. Yeah, she's incredible. So, yeah, so the, I'm not the only one who thinks this song is really um, pretty incredible. And, yeah, she's a really uh, incredible artist and has a beautiful, beautiful voice. And I also feel like the other thing that this song represents is the ways in which Riley Manea has changed my music tastes. Um, and I think one of the big ways that it's done so is by really um, pushing me beyond, like, the Caribbean boundaries and into music from lots of other parts of Latin America, especially Mexico. And so, you know, her as a singer songwriter, but also like the cumbia that that song I referenced, um, kind of mixes with, you know, I really, really love cumbia. Um, and a lot, a lot of music that's way outside of the music that I grew up with, um, has become like a big part of my rotation. And I really thank Radhi Menea for that in terms of exposing me to much, much more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have to agree. I have to agree. Yeah. I feel like basically digging into this show has really made me dig into a lot of stuff um and also like exposure to the music that you listen to which is often very different from the music that I listen to right has like really like set my taste in like some new and exciting directions so it's been yeah. really cool are there are there directions that you can name yeah bachata <laughs> really <laughs> I that feel like you old. are solely responsible for <laughs> my appreciation for bachata. That makes and me then, feel so I good. mean, it was like all the exposure <laughs> that you've given me, and then the last Romeo Santos album, like, sort of mm. like threw me off the cliff. And I'm like, mm -hmm. okay, I'm in. You're in. Fully yes, in. Yes, I love that. That makes me very happy. That makes me very happy. 
I think you've definitely introduced me to like more like badass women in music because so much more of the music you listen to are these like awesome mujeres and like I think about um, Milka La Mas Dura. I remember that. I think that was one of the first songs you sent me, maybe even before we started Radio Manea. Like I remember you texting me that song and um, mm, and me being mm-hmm. like, yes, this is so good, you know? So I think that's that's some of what you've introduced me to as well on top of like definitely some like weird ass shit I would never have listened to otherwise <laughs> but that I can I have rec- no idea what you could possibly be talking about I mean no no idea no idea no like moaning or anything like that <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so it's beautiful I'm really I'm grateful for the ways that Riley Minette has like expanded how music is in my life and the music that's been in my life. So, and also, I'm so re- glad I was able to bring Milka La Mastura into yeah. your life. She just uh. came out with a new song called No Peleo por Hombre. Ooh. A fucking icon. Truly. Shit. I like it. <laughs> I like it. I feel like that would be good for the misandry episode that we've been wanting to do, but haven't figured out yet. Um, yeah, and also shout out to our listeners because y'all have also turned us on to a lot of music. Oh, absolutely. That we would not otherwise have um, listened to through the Listener Picks episodes and through your like DMs and your emails. So shout out to y'all for expanding our music taste It's as been well. really fucking rad. Yeah. All right, what's your last pick for this 100 My episode? last pick for this song is uh, such a beautiful one. This is called Please Won't Please, and it's by El Lado Negro. Left town, an ocean on town Blue tide, an orange won't let go Let me be, please won't for a really long time I've been following his work ever since like I want to say like 2013 or something like that 2012 and like um he's really also had a big glow up in the last few years you know like and one of the reason that I one of the reasons that I brought this song in particular is because something that happened in the last four years was like the election of this horrifying orange chupacabra who was at the head of this wild ass nation that we live in. Um, and Aye. though we'd love to ignore that, it's really impossible to say that the level of hostility towards immigrants and Latinx people more generally hasn't shaped the way that uh, cultural production and expression is happening. And um, I think that there's a lot of ways to do that, but this is this feels like I'm not going to say that this is a response to that because I'm not, you know, like I haven't talked to him. I haven't talked to Roberto about that. But I, I did pick this one because I think that like what El Lado Negro does here is show like a really resilient and joyous uh, version of resistance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like so easy uh when shit is rough to talk about how everything is fucked up and like, yo soy así, I'm just as guilty as everybody else. It's easy to focus on the bad. Pero like al final, like revolutions aren't one on what's wrong. They're one on how things could be better, on how things Mm. could be beautiful, on how things could be great. And this, um, this is a resilience track. You know what I mean? Roberto's talking about his brown skin, how it protects him, how it's beautiful. Um, Which is, I think, especially 
revolutionary because brown skin literally puts people at risk, right? right. Like it, like yeah. literally having brown skin makes you a target. Yep. So a song about loving your brown skin and at that one that's just like so just like quietly stunning mm-hmm. and gorgeous i i just fucking love it and it's i think this is so beautiful like it like se me paran todos los pelitos when i hear it really mhm yeah it's a beautiful beautiful song and i mean honestly it's just like i want to add which is sort of irrelevant to the song but like Roberto is such a beautiful and sweet person, like, just as oh, much as you would expect, <laughs> also, oh, like, from his music, like, he's the person, the exactly the person you imagine him to be, like, I just, like, keep running into him at all these odd places around New York, like, I was at, like, this, like, decolonial feminisms reading, and he was, like, casually there, <laughs> and I was like, um, hi, that's so sweet. <laughs> and then the last time I ran into him at the grocery store, Hi. I ran into him by the chicken at the Park Slope Food Co-op. <laughs> oh my God. Way to go to, way to my heart. Shop at the Park Slope Food Co-op. It's the only I thing I, I like about New York. I was sitting there looking at the chicken with his bike helmet on and I was like, um, hello, <laughs> sir. <laughs> anyway, Hi. he's like such a fucking sweet pea. It's truly not an act. Like, it's how he carries himself in the world. And he's just, like, such a fucking joy to be around. So, you know, we love you, Roberto. Keep doing it. Like, thank you for bringing these, like, really fucking stunning resilience songs to Mm. us. Because we fucking really need that shit in these times. You know what I mean? Yeah. And this is the only song on this episode from one of our Meneitos. R.I.P. Meneitos. But this one was... Yeah. Yep. A beautiful one. All right, so the last song for this 100 episode that is my pick is, of course, we couldn't go an entire episode without talking about Bachata. So let's take a listen to a song from the Romeo Santos album that was such an amazing hit this year. And this is a song with Monchi y Alexandra, and it's called Años Luz. album romeo god i hope he gets his due i feel like hopefully some of the end of year roundups and stuff will will highlight how amazing this album was because i think it was one of the best of the year and it is not getting the shine that it deserves maybe because it's not pandering to any of like the crossover bullshit i don't know it's not for like a gringo audience it's really for the bachata really lovers for, like the bachata lovers yeah you know? which is why i so appreciate you know and like it has a whole cohesive mood to it. Um, you know, he's it's like not... a curriculum in it Bachata, is. really. It is. It's like, I'm taking you to school. Yeah, exactly. Somebody somebody do a curriculum to go along with this Sophia, album. Please. Yeah, I know. It's so good. If you haven't listened to this episode, you definitely should. It's episode 78. Um, it's actually our most listened to episode ever which is amazing because it's pretty recent. It's only in the last year. So I, what I realized from this is that y'all love bachata just as much as I do. And that makes me really happy. Veto is not the only one now. Converted. <laughs> I mean, a lot of y'all probably have been on bachata for even longer than I have. But um, but yeah, it's just, it's just, Radio Menea has been such a beautiful place to channel my obsession with bachata (laughs) and feel um like it can be appreciated and loved and so Romeo's not my favorite bachatero but this album is so incredible and Monchi and Alexandra are some of my favorites um although like they're a duo that you know had gone under basically had split up until this song and I don't know if if, there's anything else going to come but you know a lot of people we talked about this too that like bringing them together back together was like 
the peace deal of the century. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. I mean, like, I feel like whoever brokered that peace agreement absolutely, like, should be in charge of, like, figuring out what's going to happen with Israel and Palestine. <laughs> like, maybe give them a, jo- a job at, the, like, the U.S. Department of State. Like, that's, like... Nobel Peace Prize worthy. <laughs> I know. It's pretty incredible. So that's why I picked it. I mean, there's so much bachata that I brought over the years that I absolutely love, but I just, I felt like we needed to talk about this album again because it's just not getting the rep that it deserves, like Latin Grammys, what the fuck. And, um, and yeah, that it was just such an epic collab. So yeah, I stay loving bachata. It's still like my heart. I might have some opportunities, more opportunities to DJ bachata in the future. So stay tuned for that. It makes me really happy. Um, but yeah, I'm just so grateful to have a venue through which to like get to share and learn and explore more about this incredible um, musical genre and that y'all are here for it. it makes me really happy. I feel kind of tender just like thinking back over our like almost four years. It's amazing. I know, right? I can't believe this much time has elapsed, y'all. I know. And that we've kept this going all these years. Y'all, it's a lot of late nights. <laughs> it's a lot of a late lot nights. A lot of late nights. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. And like Veto's like a little bit of a night person. So like it's not that surprising that you work at night. But like I am not a night person. And I have been doing a lot of late nights with Radhi Manea over the last couple of months. So... That's how much yeah. we love y'all and how much we love this show. So thank you so much for listening. If you um, have the resources, please consider becoming a member. It's going to make it maybe possible for me to do this work during the day instead of at night after my other jobs. And um, just make it make it possible for this show to continue and for us to keep um, in conversation with y'all and all the artists that you love about the music that we love. Yeah, we really super appreciate it. Just your consideration means the most to us. um, And really, it will mean the world to see your support. So as always, the music that we reference in this um, show is in our show notes at RileyManea.com. We'll also put links to the episodes that we reference. So if you want to like take a little journey back into the archives through the songs we picked you can um, do that through our show notes as well you can follow us on instagram on facebook on twitter uh we always have cute things for you there so make sure to follow us there and we also have a newsletter you can sign up for that there we have some cute new different stuff for you there every week as well uh thanks so much for listening um if you missed our last new episode it was about the music that we're the new music that we're into right now so go check that out hasta la próxima babies we love you bye